Okay. So this is the Tanya for, sorry, one more time. This is the Chumash for Thursday. So now we are starting discussing the Karbonos. Now, why are we starting the Karbonos? So Rashi, right away, on the words, opening words here, command the Jewish people and say to them, like the Rashi says, like, what does that have to do with anything? Because Maisha just said to Hashem, Yifkod Hashem, may Hashem command, meaning may Hashem appoint a leader. Hashem says to him, before you command me concerning my children, command my children concerning me. Meaning, tell my children what they should do for me. And Rashi brings a mushal of a princess. This is the mushal from Maisha Rabbeinu, who's about to pass away. And she said to her son, I'm sorry, she said to her husband, instructions concerning her children. And her husband replied, before we command me concerning my children, command my children concerning me. So the Pasuk says, Karbani lachmi li'ishai, my carbon, my bread, my food for my fires. And Rashi discriminates here between karbani and lachmi, because when you read it in the Pasuk, it seems like one phrase, my carbon, my food. And Rashi says basically, no, that karbani refers to the blood that's sprinkled on the Mizbeach, and lachmi refers to the parts of the sacrifice that are burnt on the Mizbeach. And Rashi is discriminating because the blood sprinkled is not burnt. So karbani is a blood that's sprinkled and not burnt, and lachmi are the parts of the animals that are burnt. Le'ishai, then, to be placed on the fires of the Mizbeach, does not refer to the Karbani, only the Lachmi. So it says if Rashi is putting sort of above there, Karbani, the blood that's sprinkled, and Lachmi Li'ishai, my food, which is the parts of the animal that are burnt. Tishmaru. Tishmaru is Mushad guard. So Rashi says from here we learn that Konim, Levim, and Yisraelim had a mitzvah to guard what was happening, to guard the Mizbeach. And they, which means Shmuel Hanavi, and David HaMelech, from this phrase, instituted Ma'amados, which means at first just random people watched the daily offerings to fulfill this mitzvah, and Shmuel and David made special Ma'amados units to attend on a rotating basis to represent the entire people, as if all Kal Yisrael are fulfilling Tishmaru, guarding and watching as these daily karbonos, the Tamachil Shachar and Tamachil Ben Harbayim, the morning and afternoon offerings are offered. Bimo Ado in its time, every day in its time, because we are talking here about the daily offering and the prescribed time is for the first one in the morning and the second one during the afternoon. Next Pasuk Gimel, say to them, this is a fire offering that you should offer to Hashem. These lambs of a year without any blemish, two for a day, they should be completely consumed. An oil offering. So what's say to them? So Rashi explains this is to the basin. And the basin is supposed to make sure this happens. Two for a day. So the question is, what, what is this coming to tell me? Because the next Pasuk, Pasuk Dalit says, offer one lamb in the morning and offer the second lamb in the afternoon. So what's the two for a day? 
So Rashi says the main point is not his play meaning, because for that we have Pasuk Dalit, but to teach us something about where the lamb should be shechted. That they should be shechted toward the day, meaning the sun is rising in the east and setting in the west. And therefore Rashi says something which sounds contra-instinctive. Rashi says, so for the Tumat Shel Shachar, the morning offering, it should be sacrificed in the west, where the sun sets, not rises. And the afternoon sacrifice, you should be you should be offering it in the east. So the Mepharshim explain that basically the walls of the temple, the courtyard of the Chatzar, would block the rays of sun. So since the sun is rising in the east, you don't want to be towards the east because the eastern walls will block the rising sun. So in the morning, they made sure to be towards the west so they can see, benefit from the rising sun, not blocked by the eastern wall. And in the afternoon, they made sure to be by the east because the sun now is in the west, so the western wall is going to block the rays of the sun, so they want to be in the east, that the shechita should be with the sun rays. Again here, yom, day, is like the sun, the rays of the sun. So the next passage said, as we said, very clearly, offer one lamb in the morning and the second lamb in the afternoon. So we could say we already know this. But when we learned it before, it was talking about specifically what they offered all the days of inaugurating the Hanukkah of the Mishkan. And here we're commanding that all generations always just to do this. Additionally, besides this lamb, they offered a tenth of an eighth of fine flour as a mincha, as a meal offering, mixed with oil of a quarter of a hin. And Rashi explains this is minchas nesachim, which means with every oila, this is a carbon oila, meaning it was completely burnt. And with every oila, we have a mincha. So this is the mincha accompanying this oila. And Pasuk Vav, this is a constant daily burnt offering, as offered on Har Sinai, as a nachas ruach, a pleasing aroma, a fire offering for Hashem. So what does it mean as offered on Har Sinai? This is a constant daily burnt offering, and Ayla is offered on Har Sinai. Sarashi so gives two answers. The first one is like those offered during the days of the Hanukkah of the Mishkan. Now what does that have to do with Har Sinai? Because the Jews stayed by the foot of Har Sinai for basically a year almost. And during that time, they built the Mishkan and they had the Hanukkah, meaning they started building the Mishkan post-Yom Kippur. They were still by the foot of Har Sinai. And they had Hanukkah and Mishkan Rosh Chodesh Nisan. They were still by Har Sinai. So like those offered in Har Sinai during the times of the dedication of the inauguration of the Mishkan, that's the first answer. The second answer is, no, Har Sinai means Mantan Taira. So before Mantan Taira, they offered up Karbanos. So these oilos, these carbon oilos, these burnt offerings, are compared to the oilos that they offered at Har Sinai before Matan Taira. Now, what's the similarity? So Rashi says, because there it says clearly that they had to have these basins to receive the blood of the offering. So also here... We need, for this oil, it has to be like the one by Harsinai, we need basins to receive the blood. 
Now, Pasuk Zayim, besides the animal, the lamb, and besides the mincha, the flower offering, there's also a liquid offering, a wine offering. So you should also have a fourth of a hin per lamb, meaning in the morning and the afternoon. This liquid that is intoxicating for Hashem. So what is this nesach? So Rashi says it's wine and not other liquids, because it could otherwise be other liquids. And Bakodesh Hasech, in the holy sanctuary you shall pour it. What does that mean? It means literally on the Mizbeach, they poured it. And, which is of course nowadays very appropriate to learn this, as we hopefully are learning the vision of the Beis HaMikdash, so we sort of picture the Kohen on that little edge by the Maracha, by the place of the wood, off, wood piles, pouring the wine. This Nesach Shechar, it has to be wine that makes one drunk. So doesn't all wine make one drunk? Rashi says, no, it excludes fresh wine. Because wine that was freshly pressed is not yet intoxicating. If they did offer freshly pressed wine, it's not puzzle, it's not disqualified, but it's not fulfilling this mitzvah written in our Pasuk here that it should be wine that makes one drunk. Next Pasuk. So this is all about the keves, the lamb of the morning. So the Pasuk says, offer the same idea in the afternoon, a second lamb with the same meal offerings, with the same wine offerings, as a nachas ruach for Hashem, as a pleasing aroma for Hashem. So Rashi explains what's, what's so pleasing here. Like, you know, this is Hashem. What does he need to smell burnt flesh and wine and flour? The nachas ruach is that I said this and you're doing it. That's Hashem's nachas ruach. And on Shabbos, you also offer these, and it says, in Pasuk Yud, this is a burnt offering on Shabbos in addition to the oil of Tamin and its wines, meaning we're talking here on Shabbos of a special extra offering on Shabbos. Wait, I jumped ahead to the next Rashi. The first Rashi, in Pasuk Yud, oil of Shabbos, the Shabbato, this is a burnt offering of the Shabbos on its Shabbos. So Rashi says, what do we gain from the Shabbos on its Shabbos? that you can't offer, if you missed one Shabbos, for whatever strange reason, there weren't any lambs in the Beis HaMikdash, horrible time, and then the next Shabbos, Baruch Hashem, there was a donation, they have extra lambs. So, okay, let's offer now double to make up for last Shabbos. No. Shabbos Shabbato, One per Shabbos. You couldn't, I mean, two. With these two Shabbos Musafim, these two extra lambs offered on Shabbos, you couldn't offer them as one Shabbos for the other one. And Rashi ends here with a klal, which is, is a, a, an expression we use, shem avar yomo batel karbono. If the day passed, the carbon is batel. You don't have a second chance. And then on al-olos ha-tamid, in addition to the constant burnt offerings, Rashi says from this we learn that this Shabbos oila, the Musaf offering for Shabbos, is between the Tamit Shal Shachar and Tamit Shal Benabariyim. So first they offer the daily offering of that lamb. Then they offer the two extra lambs, the Musaf, additional offering for Shabbos. And then they offer the afternoon daily carbon Tamit, which of course now it is parallel to our Mincha offering. So that's what we do in Shacharis, and then Musaf, and then Mincha. That's exactly as it was done in the base of Mikdash. And then in Pasuk Yedalev, on Rosh Chodesh, you also have a special Musaf 
a special additional oilo. Remember, on Shabbos, it was two additional lamps. On Rosh Chodesh, it's two young bulls and a ram and seven lamps. All of them, obviously, without any blemish. That's the Rosh Chodesh offering. And in Pasuk Yubes, three-tenths of an ephah of fine flour mixed with olive oil. This is your mincha per bowl. Two-tenths of an ephah of fine flour mixed with olive oil for the ram. So Rashi here clarifies that this idea of the three-tenths of an ephah is not specifically mandated because it's a Rosh Chodesh, but any time you offer a par, any time you offer a bowl, you always have to bring three-tenths of an ephah of fine flour mixed with olive oil as the mincha that's going to accompany that offering of the carbon of the par of the bowl. Not because it's Rosh Chodesh, but because it's a par, because it's a bowl. And with each lamb, you're offering one-tenth of an ephah of fine flour mixed with olive oil. And all of this is going to be burnt up, again, as a nachas ruach, a pleasing aroma for Hashem. Those were the minchas. Now, you also have to offer the wine offerings. So, per par, it's a half a hin of wine. For the ram, it's a third of a hin. And for the lamb, it's a fourth of a hin. For each one of these animals, this amount of wine. So again, with every animal, you have a mincha, you have a flower offering, and you have a nesach, you have a wine offering. And this is the offering of each Rosh Chodesh, of every Rosh Chodesh of the year. And again, Rashi on this phrase says the exact same comment he made before. Because again, the Pasuk is specifying this is an offering for that Rosh Chodesh. Which means if Rosh Chodesh passed and for some reason you didn't happen to have in your back pocket all of these animals, which again we're talking about here, two bulls, a ram, seven lambs. We're talking about ten animals here, plus another one we're going to see soon. So you didn't happen to have those ten animals all perfect without blemish. Sorry, it's done. Shem avar yoma batel karbano. There's no way to make up for it. And additionally... On Rosh Chodesh, besides these ten animals, there was one other animal that we're listing separately because it has a different purpose. And this is the last pasuk of the section, which is one he goat. And the pasuk here says something very interesting: lachatas Hashem for a sin offering for Hashem, in addition to everything else. So Rashi says, whenever we offer a goat, a he goat. As a Musaf offering, this is part of the Musaf. Again, we think of davening Musaf as an extra tefillah because our davening is parallel to Karbanos, and on Shabbos they had a Musaf. They had extra Karbanos. And on Rosh Chodesh they had a Musaf. They had extra Karbanos. We see a lot. And in every Yantif they had a Musaf. They had extra Karbanos. So whenever there's a Musaf goat, if it's Shabbos, well, obviously it wasn't on Shabbos or Chodesh or Yantif, it comes to Mechaper to atone for the tuma, for the defilement of the mikdash and of anything sacred in the mikdash, which means if someone enters into the mishkan of the base of mikdash and he's tummy, he's ritually unclean, and he's walking there, or he performs part of the service, he just defiled this area. 
So every Rosh Chodesh, they offer this carbon to Mechaper to atone for that. But it's very unusual, because it doesn't just say for Achatas, it says for Achatas for Hashem. So why is it saying for Achatas for Hashem? I mean, Hashem sent? So Rashi gives two answers. One answer is that sometimes someone came into the base of Mikdash or the Mishkan Tameh or didn't avoid the Tameh and he didn't know. He didn't realize. Maybe he didn't know that it's prohibited. Maybe he didn't know you're not allowed to come in if you're impure. Maybe he didn't know you're not allowed to perform the service impure. So he was not aware and nobody else was either. Nobody else realized, except Hashem. So it's l'chatas l'ashem. Only Hashem is aware of the sin. So that's why we're offering this he-goat to machaber for a sin that might have been done completely unaware, but you still have to atone for it. That's the first answer. Then Rashi gives another very interesting answer. The Medrash says that Hashem is saying, it's a chatas for me, l'chatas l'ashem. It's a chatas for me. I need atonement on Rosh Chodesh. What sort of seat does Hashem need atonement for? I made the moon small. By making the moon small, of course, we probably all know the Medrash, that the sun and the moon were equally brilliant and the same size. The moon complained, how can you have two kings who can't share the same crown? Hashem made it small. So this smallness to the moon I also need kapara for, so so bring this carbon for my kapara. Aolos This is in addition to the daily offerings, the carbon of Shachar Ben Arbaim should be done. Everything, not just the goat, but all of the carbonos we said before, all the other ten animals are all part of this musaf. Vinisko. And it's wine, Nesach offering. Now, Rashi says, what are you talking about here? In this Pasuk, we're talking about offering the goat for Achatas. And we know that Achatas doesn't have a wine offering. Wine is like this joyous thing. Not when you're offering Achatas for a sin. So what is Nesko talking about? So Rashi says it's not referring to the specific part of the Musaf that we separated, the goat for the Achatas, but rather, it has to do with all the other ten animals that we mentioned previously, that they're coming as the regular, standard, joyous musaf because of the specialness of the day. And this was today, Thursday's Fitas.